Greetings, horror fans, and welcome to episode 210 of Frightmares. I'm your host, Austin Proctor, and joining me across the table, finally someone live and in person, is uh, your co-host, Spencer Lafferman. How are you? Hi. Hello. Hello. It's been quite some time, but you're back, and we're doing a fun movie to continue our savage summer, where we are reviewing vacation slash um, camping slash whatever movies. It's been a lot of fun so far, done a lot of good movies, and this one today is an unheard of gem. I mean, okay, maybe not unheard of, but... I feel like it's underrated. Underrated, definitely. Um, and it's something that I saw when it came out in theaters, because that's when we used to... Well, I mean, we used to, yes. We worked back at the theaters together at this time, <laughs> and I vaguely have a memory of seeing it together in theaters, um, and I was like, let's do this one, because this is fun, and again, it's very underrated. A lot of good practical effects, uh, for sure. There's like not very much CG. I know there's some CG with like... The plants and stuff like well, yeah, that. Well, yeah, the th stuff that can't move on its own. Yeah, but like all the good, the, all the good everything gore. Else, everything else, though, I think is pretty. pretty it's practical. pretty good. Yeah. So that movie is called The Ruins from 2008. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Here, I wanted to talk about one movie that I got in the mail from Severin called Skinner, and uh, it is literally Ted Raimi playing a slasher killer, which I've never seen. It's from the 90s. Sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Apparently, Ted Raimi was in Xena. I did not know that. Yes, I did oh. know that. This also stars Ricky Lake from the Ricky Lake show or something, didn't yes. she? Yeah, she well, had her own show. She's done a couple of movies also, but this is probably the most random one. Yeah, and uh, it's very rude of Severin to put this in a black case because it's not 4K. Although it is a 4K scan, it's still Blu-ray quality. But from 1993, 88 minutes, Skinner. Who, who directed it? Anybody famous? Uh, or known, God, at least? So, not necessarily famous. It's so dark. Oh, it, that's so tiny. Let me go to the Let me go to the letterboxed here. Skinner from 1993. It is directed by Ivan Nagy. I don't know that person. He did Captain America 2, Death Too Soon from 1979. Oh. He did something called Deadly Hero. From 1975, he did something called Pushing Up Daisies. That sounds the familiar. show? No, it's a movie from 1973. Oh, I don't know about the movie. There's a show called Pushing Up Daisies. Pushing Daisies, Pushing yeah. Daisies, yeah. It seems to be he's done a lot of stuff from the 70s, and it looks like he did a porno called Lusty Liaisons. When did that come out? Oh, boy. Yeah, that is definitely a porno. 1994. So after this movie, he was like, I'm done. I'm doing porn. <laughs> I, can't, I can't direct a real movie anymore. I got to I got to go films. to porn. Yeah, do and, it. And it has two ratings on Letterboxd, one five-star and one four-star. So we're obviously dealing with quality work here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Skinner, I'm going to check that out and report back to the podcast because... I heard about this a while ago, and I was like, Ted Raimi as a serial killer slasher? Fucking count me in. Right? That sounds, that so, sounds like a fun time. And it's got like a 2-9, so you know, right in the middle there. I, I love a 2-9 movie. I'm I mean, 90s horror is, I, I want to say 90s horror is hit or miss. Like, like, like you know, like, uh, you know, like 90s action flicks. Odds are they're all going to be hits, but like 90s yeah. horror is more in the middle. We didn't know what was going on in the 90s. You know, you had like slashers in the 80s and then you had like, uh, what was the 70s? Like, I don't really remember. Uh, but then, you know, then like. Well, the I mean, the 70s, well, the end of the, well, or, you know, we had Texas Chainsaw in 74, right? Yeah. And so then you, 78 was Halloween. So like, 
I think that's when it stuff started. Yeah, and then you had slashes in the 80s. You had torture porn in the 2000s. So the 90s were trying to figure themselves out. We had Scream in the 90s. We had a lot of, yeah, we had teen screams, really, that, yes. towards, towards the end of the two, or the 90s. And then yes. we had, um, what else? We had a lot of vampire movies in the 90s as well. A lot of vampire Late movies. Late 80s, early 90s, yeah. yes. Because so. what, what was, was eight, I could be wrong, but Lost Boys is what, 87? 87, 87 was Lost Boys, yeah. And then you have, you know, Interview with the Vampire, 94. Oh, I think Bones was 99. Um, oh, the one with Snoop Dogg? Yeah. That was a masterpiece. Dude, it's so good. Like, I, no no one asked for that to be good. No, yeah, I bought it, and we, we did it on the podcast back in February, and I was like, I don't expect this to be good. And then I was like, that's a four-star movie <laughs> that's right there. That's a good movie. So fucking good. Uh, so, yeah, that threw me off for sure. <laughs> yeah, you just didn't know. You don't expect it to be good. I don't know. It's just like. Didn't we also get, like, Dracula 3000 in the I think, early 2000s or something? I think so. Uh, I think because we got Dracula two thousand, obviously in two thousand. In two thousand. So when was Dracula three thousand? I think it was like two thousand three. Dracula three thousand. Two thousand four. Okay. okay. Yeah. And then we got you know like House of the Dead, House of the Dead two. The the movies based on the games, which yeah. which were just god awful. <laughs> they were so bad. I can't believe they made two of those. Uh, yeah. So it's gonna be a fun time watching Skinner. I'm very excited to check it out. We'll report back as soon as I watch it. Let's go to some horror news here. I actually got some really good shit this week. I'm very excited to tell you about all the stuff that's coming out. Uh, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines is a thing and that was recently announced by Paramount+. Plus. Uh, they revealed the poster and the first images for their upcoming film, Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. This is a prequel to the 2019 film, Pet Cemetery. Um, it reimagines the first encounter young Judd Crandall has with the sour earth deep inside Ludlow, Maine. Plot details, as per Paramount Plus, are listed below. In 1969, a young Judd Crandall has dreams of leaving his hometown of Ludlow, Maine behind, but soon discovers sinister secrets buried within and is forced to confront a dark family history that will forever keep him connected to Ludlow. Banding together, Judd and his childhood friends must fight an ancient evil that has gripped Ludlow since its founding and once unearthed has the power to destroy everything in its path. Interesting. Oh, yeah. The film stars Jackson White, Forrest Goodluck, Jack Mulhern, Henry Thomas, hell yeah, Natalie Eileen uh, Lind, and Isabel Starr LeBlanc uh, with Pam Greer and David Duchovny. <laughs> That's the guy from uh, that one thing. X-Files, right? Correct. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, I mean, well, he's in a lot of other things, but mainly known. Yeah, yeah. I was just making sure that that was the right guy. Pam Greer, though, that's a random one in a good way. Like, she hasn't done stuff in a while, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, Directed by Lindsay Anderson Beer. This is her directorial debut. Written by Beer and Jeff Buller, Buller, whatever. Based, obviously, on the novel Pet Cemetery by Stephen King and produced by Lorenzo D. Bonaventura and Mark Varandian, if I can say that correctly. The film hits Paramount Plus on October 6th in the U.S., Canada, Latin America, and Brazil, and the following day in all other international markets. So, like, so it's not coming to theaters; it's just going straight to streaming. Straight to Paramount Plus. I hope it's a decent budget, then. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. It's, yeah, we'll see. Uh, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. I had seen the trailer of the sorry the um. The uh, poster for it, and I was like, oh, is this like a show or something? Because I saw Paramount Plus, and then upon reading, I was like, oh, a prequel. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I know a lot of people did not like The Pet Cemetery from 2019. I, I, I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, but many people did not. So I don't know. But I'm excited to see a prequel um, that's kind of in the same, I guess it's in the same universe as the other one. This is just set before, much before, uh, obviously. I think that's about 40 years before. Because Judd Crandall in, you know, Pet Cemetery is an old man. It was John Lithgow in the remake. Yeah. <laughs> so this will be um, 
It'd be funny if they just used him again and just de-aged him. That'd be hilarious. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> That'd be expensive, though. That would be super expensive. Yeah. yeah. That shit is not cheap. Uh, for all you Saw fans, uh, present company included, we've got some great news. Saw X, the 10th film in Lionsgate's grisly long-running franchise, has been moved forward from October 27th to September 29th. That is right, a whole entire month. I can't believe it. They moved it up so far. I thought they were moving it back when I saw it. When I saw the ta- with the the tagline, it was like Saw X, like theater theater date change. I was like, they're pushing it back, aren't they? Son of a bitch. Nope, they're giving it to us early, which I'm fine with. Uh, I mean, know. I mean, I would like. Uh, I mean, most of them come out in October. Like, I'm not upset about seeing it early as long as it's you know good. <laughs> but uh, but these movies, are, you know, are a staple for Halloween when they came out. I think it's because The Exorcist is releasing on October 13th. I, I, yeah, I think so, too. Which, I think that has something to do with it. But also, to be honest, let's be fair. I feel like Saw X will do better than The Exorcist. Yeah, oh, no, I do, too. But I just know that there's going to be a lot of people going to see The Exorcist just for the name. Because a lot of people are like, holy shit, 10 Saws. Like, we get it. You know, like. <laughs> no, no, you don't get it. No, you don't Gosh. get it. Fucking don't get it. I'm excited. I have, too. Uh, plot details in the Twisted Pictures next installment, John Kraber, Tobin Bell, is back, and it's the untold chapter of Jigsaw's final games, set between the events of Saw 1 and 2. Jesus. Yeah. A sick and desperate John travels to Mexico for a risky and experimental medical procedure in hopes of a miracle cure for his cancer only to discover the entire operation is a scam to defraud the most vulnerable. The infamous serial killer returns to his work, turning the tables on the con artist in his signature visceral way through devious, deranged, and ingenious traps. So we're going, which is what we were thinking. I mean, we were thinking prequel, which I mean, technically, technically. I mean, at this point, yeah, it's (laughs) technically a prequel because it's before two and after one, and we're already on ten. Yeah, so technically, in a sense, we we were thinking, like, before one, but this is still technically a prequel in the sense of this is the tenth one. This is what he was doing before before the events of two. Yeah, because... And and after the events of one. So it's a prequel sequel. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to... That's a tough one, bro. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I feel like anything after, uh, like, Jigsaw, technically, would be... It had to be a prequel yeah. regardless. Um, I mean, even, and even most things past three go backwards in time. Yeah, so... So so, <laughs> so what's interesting is, speaking of de-aging, are they going to de-age him? Because the photo that we saw, he doesn't look... De- no, they're going to put a fucking backwards they're baseball They're going to put a baseball <laughs> cap on him. Yeah, they're going to be like, dude, we didn't notice, did we? Yeah, he's 20 years younger. Look at that. Like, all he did was a hat. Yeah. You know what's interesting about this plot is uh, it's literally like the plot of a deleted scene from the first Deadpool movie, in a way. So so in the first Deadpool, there's a deleted scene to where it shows uh, him and, and, and Vanessa, they go to uh, Mexico for experimental cancer treatment. Oh. But then when, uh, when uh, Wade Wilson, you know, Deadpool finds out that they're scamming everybody. He fucks them all up. He's like, are you serious? Like, you're not only scamming me, but you're scamming these poor children. It's And, and the reason why it was deleted is because it's a very... It's like not dark. comedic. It's... Yeah, it's it's very like if that movie was PG thirteen and they put that scene in there, it would make it R just be, uh, yeah. dark. It was not because <laughs> yeah, like so they, they it was deleted for a reason, but like it's probably one of my favorite scenes I've seen for that. Like, yeah, but it's deleted. But yeah, so that's just kind of reminds me <laughs> in a way like that, and I think that's kind of cool. Some one of the, one of the writers on this project saw that deleted scene and he was like, "This isn't the movie. This I is the movie. Fuck, yeah. I can do it. I can make profit off of this. <laughs> I can make the, I can I can I can take this whole five minute scene and make it to an and hour make and a half. Let's go. We'll see." This makes me happy because, you know, Jigsaw and Spiral did not 
focus heavily on John Kramer. And I mean, really, Spiral uh, didn't have anything to do with John Kramer, really. It was more of a spinoff. Yeah, it was more of like in the same universe. Like a copycat serial killer in a way. Yeah, so this will be nice to see Tobin Bell back in the saddle doing his thing. And it's going to take place between because he's an, obviously an integral part of the Saw franchise. So having him back as like the focal point, I think is going to be great. It's not going to make sense because he's going to look older than he did, but it's I don't care. Just look past it, right? Um, so yeah, and, and it's going to explore like he's always even though he's quote unquote a killer, like he's always been moral with his with with what he's done. So like this. This alone, like, is is a, uh, a like plot of morality. Yeah. So, so I think that fits very well in the bringing him back for the soft franchise versus just doing another movie and saying, "Hey, this he's is been, connected. He's, yeah. This is connected with like, within the last two minutes of the movie. Bas- basically, this is not going to do what Jigsaw did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which, which is, is which, the movie, by the way. Which which is fine. I mean, I, I really enjoy Jigsaw, but uh, this seems like it's going to be back in the vein of like Saw one, two, and three. Yeah, and it's rumored that Shawnee Smith. I mean, she'll obviously probably make an appearance if it's taking place between one and two. I'm just saying. If anything, it, it'll be like a pretty like like just a. a might be a cameo, like a pot, like a I don't not the word potent. That's that's like a uh, a cameo, but like a strong cameo. So I yeah. guess potent was the word I was looking for. A but like cameo, but like she she might be in like a key scene or sequence, yeah. and then that's the last we'll see ever for the movie. We shall see, but that will be out this year on it's not not October twenty seventh, no mo September 29th. So get your fucking get your shit ready to rock and roll. We should see a trailer here soon. Very soon. Very soon. Uh, yeah, I'm very excited. And I think you can see a trailer for The Exorcist in, uh, in Oppenheimer this weekend. I do believe they Ooh. are showing that. Well, I'm so you'll have to let, yeah, let you'll you know. have to let me know. Uh, so let's move on to, I think I got, do I have one, two, okay, I got two more things here. Let's go through these really quickly. Um, there, so if you follow the, uh, you know, Death on the Nile and Murder on the Orient Express, there's a new entry into that franchise that, uh, Kenneth Bron Kenneth Branagh's doing, and it's actually a fucking horror movie because it's called A Haunting in Venice. It is a brand new, tra- uh, there's a brand new trailer for it too. You can go check it out on YouTube. Um, this is Kenneth Branagh's third Agatha Christie adaptation uh, once again, scripted by the great Michael Green, who did Blade Runner 2049 and Alien Covenant. Uh, Hercule Perot. I, I always screw up that name. Hercule Perot, latest mystery adapts Christine's, uh, Christie's spooky 1969 novel, Halloween Party. Like Halloween apostrophe Ean Party. Don't know what that's supposed to mean. I wonder if that like has any clue in what happens in the movie. I don't know, but that's weird. Or I guess in the book. In the book, yeah. I might have to try to read that before I see this. So, um... Yes, there's a there's this pretty good cast as well. You've got Michelle Yeoh, Tina Fey, Kyle Allen, Camille Cotton, uh, Barb and Star, MVP, Jamie Dornan, Jude Hill, Ali Khan, Emmy Lard, or sorry, Emma Lard, Kylie <laughs> Kelly Riley, that's hard to say, and Ricardo Scamrico. This takes place in a post-World War II Venice. Peroy or Pierrot, sorry, now retired and living in his own exile, reluctantly attends a seance. But when one of the guests is murdered, it is up to the former detective to once again uncover the killer. Bum, bum, bum. A Haunting in Venice will hit theaters on September 15th, just in time for spooky season. A week before Saw. A week before Saw, so it's shit's getting spooky in September, and I am here for it. They usually do. It's weird, because yeah. September is like, we'll see horror films in October, of course, but they're like, nope, September. September, just like when HHN starts up, you're like, all right, spooky season has officially begun. Uh, and last but not least here, we've got, if you I don't know if you recall, but a while back in 2017... 
a viral Twitter thread from BuzzFeed's Adam Ellis, who discovered that his apartment might contain an unwanted roommate in the form of David, the ghost of a young boy who may or may not have died under mysterious circumstances. That Twitter thread has become a feature film. Roughly six years later, um, the Twitter thread was called Dear David. So this is the... Interesting. Did you ever see that? Yes. The the whole Twitter thread? Yeah. Uh, f- yeah, funny enough, uh, I, like as you were reading that, I was trying to... Uh, figure out if that was what I was thinking of and it is I uh someone showed me that uh a year later uh when I worked at a uh, ABC liquor like somebody was sh- showing me all that stuff and at first I thought it was complete bullshit to be quite honest oh well yeah I mean of course especially with who he is you know what I mean yeah, like he, so, yeah. I, mean, I mean but uh then you see the wow. evidence and you're like holy shit and now they're making a movie about it interesting yeah so if you don't know about Dear David go look up the Twitter thread it's probably still around someone you, it, I think someone compiled it into a whole bunch like a video like a YouTube video where it just shows that's how I, that's how yeah. I saw it was We're, on YouTube. I'm pretty sure that's how I because I, I I kept up with it for a while and then forgot about it and then I finally f- saw everything in like a chronological order. It is very creepy and disturbing and something that I don't think I don't think he can make that up. It, it is it is very convincing. Um, it is it truly it's really spooky shit. So the synopsis for the movie is shortly after comic artist Adam, played by Augustus Prue, not sure who that is. Responds to internet trolls, he begins experiencing sleep paralysis while an empty rocking chair moves in the corner of his apartment. As he chronicles increasingly malevolent occurrences in a series of tweets, Adam begins to believe he is being haunted by the ghost of a dead child named David. Encouraged by his boss to continue the Dear David thread, Adam starts to lose his grip on what is online and what is real. Based on the viral Twitter thread by BuzzFeed comic artist Adam Ellis. Um, we've got starring Augustus Prue, Andrea Bang, Renee Escobar Jr., Cameron Nicole, and Justin Long. Oh shit! Justin Long is probably David, <laughs> the, the dead kid. Justin Long is Sean Bean of horror films. <laughs> so yes, he will be the dead kid. We well, are going to de-age Justin Long to be a child. If he's not, you know he's going to eat shit in this movie because well, he's, he's going to die either way. He never makes it through That's horror what I'm saying. movies. He's the Sean Bean of horror. <laughs> Dear David is the latest film from John McPhail, who some of you may know as the director of 2017's excellent Anna and the Apocalypse. Um, if you've not seen that zombie musical, do yourself a favor and seek it out immediately. I've not only seen that, but I have a Blu-ray copy of that that has an extended version of it as well. Oh, nice. It's okay. pretty awesome. Nice. Um, so this is going to be arriving in theaters on October 13th. Oh. So another movie. Oh, Friday the 13th. Look at that. Oh, yeah. So that's another movie that, which I'm also uh, finishing up my leg sleeve that day. Uh, my tattoo artist was like, "Do you want to come back in October?" I was like, "Yeah, let's do that." He's like, "What about Friday the 13th? I'm like, "Yes, sign me up." <laughs> spooky tattoos on the spookiest day of the year in October. That's awesome. Uh, so again, that's probably another reason why they moved Saw up because there's two movies now, and this is gonna fucking well, put I, asses in the seats, I was man. Gonna say, I don't know how. Well, I don't know how. Like, if this is would be limited or how big this one's gonna be. Like, I feel like out of all the ones we've just discussed, this probably will just be more like a limited uh, release. Like, oh, yeah, I don't somewhere. think it's going to go to like every single theater, but this is going to put people in the in the theaters because this was a huge viral thing that I oh, like yeah. that millions of people were following. So, I think it's interesting that we're getting all of these movies now just from like shit like this. This is so cool. Like a Twitter thread. Ah, now it's a movie. And uh, the back rooms, the whole YouTube thing. I mean, I making mean, a movie like it's I mean, so cool. I mean, Snakes on a Plane was made mainly on a joke. Really? Yes. Like I forgot, <laughs> I forgot the joke, but someone made a joke year, obviously years ago, and somebody took took that joke and made a full movie with Sam Jackson. And Sam Jackson's like, I won't make it a joke, motherfucker. This is my life. <laughs> We're gonna have fun with this one. I still haven't seen that movie. I still, like, you know what? I need to double feature Soul Plane and Snakes on a Plane. <laughs> they have nothing to do with each other. I mean, they both all. Besides, to be on a plane. Yeah, besides the plane. Um, uh, 
don't know if that's what you want to do. Those are two completely different movies. <laughs> Fine, Soul Plane. Maybe and like Bones. Anaconda and Anaconda and Snakes, and on, snakes a on a Plane. Yeah, that's one. I still let me see if that's streaming anywhere because if it's if it is, I'm just gonna watch it tonight. It's something it, I've literally it's New Line and Warner Brothers. It might be on HBO Max. I just typed or, or in, sorry Max. I just typed in Shakes on a Plane. Nice. That's a different movie altogether. Snakes on oh, there it is. 2006. It is on. Oh, it's on Apple TV. Oh, or oh, that's a weird one. Yeah, which uh, uh, one of my friends from the Slashers podcast, Doug, let me use his login info. So shout out to Doug for that. I'm going to check out Snakes on a Plane tonight. That's what we're doing. It's a, it's a movie. Me and CJ watching horror movies. She has no idea what she's about to experience. You really could have subjected a Snakes on a Plane? Listen, I was a terrible father because I had to watch Ebola Syndrome for Slashers, and I could only. I'm not going to show Gabby that. It's a Category 3 film from Hong Kong. So you'll show your newborn child. I'm a terrible father. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm a dad now, by the way. The last podcast. <laughs> by we, the way, guys. By the way, uh, Gabby had the. I totally forgot about that because I did Cabin Fever the Wednesday before she got induced, and now we're a week later. So I'm a father now. I got called daddy more times than I ever have in my entire life, and it's is that good when it's coming from, when it's not coming from Mikey. It just feels weird. Um, oh, that's fair. Yeah, but no, and, every, and I could say that because I know him now. Every <laughs> everybody <laughs> in the hospital is like, "Hey, like, hi, daddy." I'm like, "Oh." It's so weird. Stop calling me. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't know you. You can't call me I daddy. I need an adult. Is this a sexual situation? I don't understand. Uh, but yes, Gabby had the baby. Seven pounds, 12 ounces, 21 inches long, as long as me. Apparently, I was 21 inches. Um, at 526 in the morning, had a surprise C-section. That was a whole bunch of fun. Didn't get any fucking sleep in the in the uh, hospital at all. Neither one of us. It was I, so I mean, much fun. I, I wouldn't doubt it. Running on fumes. By the time we finally got home on Monday, it was like 7 p.m. They usually do discharges between like 12 and 1, and we didn't get home until 7. I was like, I'm so fucking over this day. Baby is healthy, doing good. Mom is recovering, doing great. But yes, the first horror movie that CJ experienced was Ebola Syndrome. I felt so bad because I was like, I have no other time to watch this. I have to do this for Slashes. I guess start staying for therapy now. Because I turned her away from the TV. I just, I, she was, of course, she was sleeping too. She was passed the fuck out. But like, I, I just kind of turned her towards like the couch, so she was facing that way. I was like, just look away, child. Look away. Let's just look away. Look away, tiny child. Uh, so that was her first movie. Not, not something I thought was ever going to happen. So there's that. But uh, we'll watch Snakes on a Plane tonight, and uh, I'm sure she'll probably be passed out as well. Uh, but yeah, I am now a father. It's very weird. Um, never thought this would ever happen in my life, and here we are. And I love my little tiny daughter. She's so tiny and cute. And I don't want to do anything. I would hope so. I'm just mentioning it. She's so far. I don't know how. No, I, no, I, don't I, mean, know. I would hope you'd love her. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, just, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how I had such a cute kid. Like, I look at me and I'm like, where are you must take after your mother. She is so fucking cute. Um, it pains me. But yeah, so I'm a dad now. So the podcast is still continuing uh, as, as long as I can. I don't know. There, I'm sure there'll probably be a week where I can't do it because some shit's going on. But as of right now, Gabby's okay with taking over for an hour. Um, cause that's all it takes to do this. And then I can edit it while I watch her. Cause she just sits right next to me and fucking sleeps all day. <laughs> it's the cutest shit ever. I look over. I'm like, ah, how do you get cuter by the second? Anyways, I'll, I'll stop talking about her. This isn't a CJ podcast, although she'll probably make a cameo at some point, uh, when me and Gabby do an episode. Cause you know, if, when, when we're both in here, she, I'm going to have to hold her and she'll probably grab the mic or say something. Or I don't start, know. yeah. Start whining or, you know, toot or burp. She's very tooty baby. Very gassy baby. I don't know why I'm sharing this, but I just thought you'd all, I thought you all would want to know. It's because you're a proud father. <laughs> I'm proud of her. You get those toots out. Um, moving on, let's go down to the IMDb roundup summary, whatever you want to call it. Have we seen this? Yes, we have. I got my copy off of Amazon. You got your copy from Bright Light Books down in Castleberry? Yes. Maitland? 
So this is The Ruins from 2018, released on April 4th of that year in the U.S., Rated R for strong violence and gruesome images, language, some sexuality and nudity, moderate sex and nudity, severe violence and gore, moderate profanity, 21 fucks, moderate alcohol, did, drugs, did, and smoking. Did you count the fucks? No, they, I only put them in when they count them on IMDb. Okay, I was going to say, no. I mean, not, not that that's a lot, but like, Sometimes some they, movies you get take take a lot of counting to do. They, uh, they When they include it on the IMDb thing, I just throw it in there. That's fair. Uh, moderate alcohol, drugs, and smoking, and severe, frightening, and intense scenes. We've got shooting, stabbing, slashing, a broken back, self-inflicted cuts, amputation, killer vines, and rotting corpses. Weapons of choice include a bow and arrow, guns, and a hunting knife. And I guess plants, but that's not really a weapon. Um, this has a runtime of an hour and 30 minutes, listed as an adventure horror thriller. Directed by Carter Smith, who also directed a Hulu Into the Dark episode called Midnight's Kiss. Written by Scott B. Smith, who also wrote the novel, because this is based on a novel. Fun yep. fact. He only has seven other things, or seven other credits that I did not recognize. Produced by seven people, two of which stood out to me. Um, Gary Barber, who has also produced both Ace Ventura movies. Unbreakable, Bruce Almighty, Wanted, Scream 5 and 6, and Hellraiser 2022. And fucking Ben Stiller. Who also produced, you know, Zoolander, Dodgeball, Blades of Glory, Tenacious D. You know what's funny? I thought for the longest, this is like a Mandela effect thing, because I thought it was Tenacious D and The Pick of Destiny. It's Tenacious D in The Pick of Destiny. Whatever. And Tropic Thunder. So, yeah, <laughs> Ben Stiller produced this. That was a really interesting fun fact. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, uh, composed, sure. composed by Graham Revel, who also did uh, Dead Calm. This list is going to blow. Oh, your... he's 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 yeah. uh, he's 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 a great composer. This list is going to blow your tits off. Dead Calm, Child's Play 2, Psycho for the Beginning, The Crow, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, From Dust Till Dawn, The Craft, Spawn, Bride of Chucky, Idle Hands, Pitch Black, Titan AE, Blow, Daredevil, Freddy vs. Jason, Open Water, The Chronicles of Reddick, Sin City, Aeon Flux, Planet Terror, Pineapple Express, The River, and Reddick. Yeah, he's a uh... He works. He's, he's, yeah, he, and that's he, like not even near half of what, like he's done so much shit. Cinematography by Darius Kamji, who also did the cinematography for Seven, Alien Resurrection, The Ninth Gate, Panic Room, Funny Games, Oakjaw, and Uncut Gems. Edited by Jeff Betancourt, who also edited Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle, The Grudge Remake, not the 2021, but the 2004 one with uh, Sarah Michelle Geller. Okay. The Exorcism of Emily Rose and When a Stranger Calls. What a, like, like all, so, like, it's. Bro, like, an, well, all of these people, like, they have such a, like, this is a well extensive genre yeah. of, of editing cinematography. Like, because yeah. usually when you, when you see a cinematographer in a horror film, most of the movies are horror, but these, like, these guys, they're not just horror. Like, Harry and Kumar, you know, we got like a, a comedy. comedy. Yeah. Comedy, Uncut Gems is a drama. Yep. You know, Sin City composed by is, is a comic book movie. I mean, honestly, he composed a lot of comic book ish movies. So, yeah. like, Spawn. Well, The Crow's not a comic book, or, but but it's kind of comic esque. Um, yeah, comic book y. Planet Terror, you know, it's kind of got that that campy comic book like feel to it. Yeah, all these people are fucking amazing. All the people yeah. behind the movie are so good, and that's probably why I think the movie to us is fucking solid. Yeah. Uh, starring Jonathan Tucker as Jeff, my name Jeff, who was also in the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake as Morgan. Then we've got the lovely Jenna Malone as Amy, who was also in the Hunger Games 2 through 4 as Johanna Mason. She was also in uh, the Night Demon? Is that, is that the word? Is that the name of the movie? The Night, Night Demon? Demon? I don't know. There's Demon Knight. Well, no, the Night Demon. It's a, uh, it's like a, uh, with, oh, fuck. It's with, uh, 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 Eli L. Fanning, I believe, is in it as well. I don't know who Eli Fanning is, Spencer. I, I, I replaced it. 
Um, the Night Demon. No, nah, I'm not seeing anything. I see Night of the Demon, but that's from 1957. Go to her page real quick and see something. Uh, it's, it's, she she was a model. It's a, it's it's like a horror movie. She was like a, a model. And Bella uh, Heathcote or whatever her name is was also in it. Oh, in the Neon Demon. Neon Demon, not oh. Night Demon. <laughs> I had the N word right. Oh, the Neon Demon. Neon yes. Demon. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, Keanu Reeves is in that too. Um, totally random, by the way. Totally <laughs> random. The most random, like for him to be in. <laughs> We've got Laura Ramsey as Stacy. She's also in. Uh, she is the man as Olivia Lennox. Sean Ashmore. Sean Ashmore as Ashmore. Eric Ashmore, who was also in the original X Men trilogy as uh, ba- Baby ba- Baby Drake. Baby, baby Drake. Drake? <laughs> no, Bobby Drake or Iceman. And then we've got Joe Anderson as Matthias, who was also in Across the Universe as Max Kerrigan. That's a good movie. Estimated budget of $8 million, grossing $22.8 million. The movie was filmed in Queensland, Australia. You can watch this on Amazon for $3.99 rental or get the Blu-ray. Uh, although you said you couldn't get it on Amazon, so it must be out of stock. But you got it at you know your local. Oh, I never said I couldn't get it on Amazon. Oh, you just wanted to go get it to Brightlight. That's fine. I just I just you know well because at the time when you mentioned it to me, it would have been easier. Oh, it would have yeah. been easier just to go and pick it up versus wait for Amazon to give That's it. That's true. Yeah. Uh, movies that came out around the same time. We've got Funny Games, Shudder the remake, uh, Taken, Prom Night, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Baby Mama, and Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. Funny that I just mentioned the first movie that the editor did. Uh, specific horror moments. What you got? There's a, there's a few. I mean, there's there's a lot. Yeah, there's like I'm trying a- to think of. Uh, I I think I wrote this down. Uh, I should have already had this prepared, but I no, you're fine, dude. Suck at life is fine. You good? Oh yeah. So uh, uh, before I say horror moment, uh, I know it's it's in the realm of spoiler territory, but is it okay? Uh, why don't we wait then if it's the spoiler? Well, yeah, because I actually kind of like described. Like exactly why yeah. it's my so yeah I'll wait then, then we'll wait till we get there okay I wanted to make sure but yeah it's it's kind of the spoiler territory yeah uh, I guess mine kind of is too so I guess I'll wait until we get to that as well did you have a favorite kill yeah the uh, Jonathan Tucker's character he's 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 the last one to Jonathan Tucker uh oh Jeff yes Jeff. okay yeah that uh, might also be a spoiler kind of a spoiler I mean almost everyone dies in this uh, movie. <laughs> I was going to say, all my shit's kind of spoilery at the moment, so... That's fine. Uh, my fir- my favorite kill is definitely not a spoiler, because it's the first one. Just because it was so unexpected, uh, we'll get to it in a second. It was it was pretty brutal. So someone gets bowed, bow and arrowed and shot in the face. It was very, very, very upsetting. Uh, favorite character, did you have one? I mean, I hate... Honestly, I really like Jeff, and it's it's mainly because of that actor. Like in other things he's in, he's usually kind of like a, a macho like dickhead. In this one, he wasn't. He was like he he because of his character was like a well not like a doctor, but he was going for for and stuff. He kind of was the good guy in a way. And, yeah. And so for me to see him like this and literally almost anything else, he's like the the cock of the walk, like <laughs> like fuck you kind of guy. Like I, he has I like, like he has like a small amount of that in this, just a small amount, like yes. a very very minute amount. Yeah. But not enough for me to like. Not, like yeah. I, don't, I don't hate him as an actor. I like him as an actor, but this is probably his most un uh, typecasted in a way like okay. actor. So I liked I liked him in it like that because it was I've seen him in a different different way. So like him. Okay. Uh, my favorite character was Matthias, and just because I felt like he was a wholesome person that did not deserve what he got. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> he did not deserve yeah, any of that. He just he just wanted to take some people on an adventure. Yeah, just looking for his brother. That's, that's all like, he was that's trying like to do. That's like Gandalf. You know, let's yeah. go. Let's Come go on, on Hobbits. Adventure, Bilbo. Let's go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, least favorite character. I I don't know. Like I said, I didn't really hate anybody. Um, um, 
not necessarily hate, but uh, the uh, the villagers, I guess, would be the best way to put them. The, the people, uh, I guess. The locals? Yeah, the locals. I couldn't think of the word. And, and only because, like, I get why they're doing what they were doing. But they could have like, done it, like, without without all that killing. Well, yes, exactly. <laughs> so I guess my least favorite characters as a whole are the locals, because they could have, yeah, they could have been, I mean, I get it, like, you know, like, we get why you're doing this, but you could have at least, you know, not just, like, gone straight to killing. Exactly. Because I mean, they killed, they killed some people. Uh, favorite line, I had one, um, which is, it's not really, like, a funny line, it's just kind of a poorly timed line. Um, okay, I'll get to the, once we get to that scene, I'll say it, because that's kind of a spoiler, too. I so. mine, too. Okay, yeah. So. I wonder if ours is the same. It probably is. <laughs> that would be hilarious, because this is such, like, a... Like a very like like blink if you if you well, well not you don't blink your ears but you know what I mean like blink and you'll miss hearing this and yeah. I just remember I didn't like I didn't laugh this whole movie but that one scene I, I kind of like chuckled at I like, laughed I'm out like, loud I'm and, like ah yeah the, stupid I la- but it's funny I laughed so hard that uh, CJ was napping and she kind of like did this and I was like oh sorry it was like it was funny it's funny I what didn't expect it God. yeah unexpected because I forgot about that so yeah line. so so uh, yeah we might have the same one that's kind of funny probably. Uh, IMDb summary, a leisurely Mexican holiday takes a turn for the worse when a group of friends and a fellow tourist embark on a remote archaeological dig in the jungle where some evil lives among the ruins. They say the name of the movie in the description. They <laughs> say it. it. Ah, I love it. So let's go. Where are my notes? Okay. Starting with the cold open. It's pretty simple, but you know, um, effective. Because there's just a girl alone in the dark screaming for help, looking up. So you can kind of assume she's somewhere down, like down in the dark. And uh, she's trying to get her phone to work, but then she gets yanked into the dark. Boom, title card. Like, nothing too crazy. Just kind of sets it up for what's going to happen. You cut to four friends, Eric, Amy, Jeff, and Stacy. They're poolside drinking, playing cards. Um, so Amy and Jeff are together. Eric and Stacy are together. Amy and Stacy are best friends, and then their boyfriend. I love how they're like, "How do you all know each other?" I'm like, "Well, Amy and Stacy are best friends, and then we're their boyfriends." I was like, "Do you guys not like each other? Are you guys not friends? How does this work?" Because uh, they really didn't have too many like moments where I I thought they were friends. They just kind of seemed like they were there because their girlfriends were there. Yeah, that was the vibe I got at least. Um, a guy from Munich arrives named Matthias or. Matthias. Matthias. I believe it's Matthias. Yeah, it looks like Matthias because there's an H in there, but fuck that H. It's silent. Um, And he's like, within minutes of meeting them, because he he brings back an earring that someone lost. I guess he found it in the pool. And they're like, oh, sit down, have a drink. And then they start talking, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, you should come to me with this Mayan temple tomorrow. And I'm like, I don't get a bad vibe from him, but the one thing I'm not going to do while on holiday is go with a random stranger to a random part in the random like remote jungle. Just saying. Right. That's how you have a horror movie. That's how you get ants. That's how you. <laughs> so, of course, they're like, yeah, sure, let's go. And then that night they party on the beach. Amy gets fucking shit faced. And uh, Jeff calls it a night. Leaves Amy there, which another thing I'm not doing is leaving my drunk ass girlfriend on the beach in a fucking foreign country. With random dudes. With there. random dudes there. I'm, For take- sure. I'm taking her with me. And, and you uh, actually see why you shouldn't do that. Exactly. Because <laughs> she tries to like immediately gets, you know, she's like, Matthias or Matthias, come dance with me. And then she starts to try to make out with him. And he's like, he's like pointing to her and fucking. At least uh, he was a nice guy. Like, uh, yeah. like, uh, like, yeah. like, at least they didn't like go with the, the, the trope of him like, just going with it and yeah. being a dick. He, he was a good was, guy. He was a good guy. Yeah. And uh, I love how Eric and Stacy bet. They're like, I'll bet that bet she, that kisses, she kisses, him kisses him. And he's like, I'll bet that they don't. And then it's like, uh, the, bet is oral sex and i'm like that's a fucking that's a that's a bet (laughs) that's a sick bet right there 
But um, you know, as soon as Matthias points at her, Amy like or, uh, Stacy like goes over there's like, Amy, what are you like? Stop it! What are you doing? So you know, she pulls him off because uh, Matthias is like, "Help me! I this is not." This, like, right. And I love how he's talking to Amy. He's like, "Oh man, Jeff's a good guy, right?" And she's like, "Yeah, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm drunk. I'm <laughs> whatever. White girl, I'm white girl wasted." <laughs> um. So of course, the next day, Amy has a shit hangover, throwing up, and she's like, "Maybe you should just go without me. Um, probably should have just stayed there, honestly." Uh, and he's like, "Do you really want to spend your last day here in bed?" And then eventually, that you know, they they can he convinces her to go. So they get up with Matthias, and they get on this bus that drops them off in this little remote village. And um, Matthias is, I think, his brother was supposed to come pick them up, and they're supposed to go to the dig site where they're like doing this archaeological thing, but no one's there, so they have to find a taxi. And boy, do they find a taxi. That yellow truck just yep. sitting with the Hispanic guy just crashed and sitting there, and, they, and then you get a really good dog jump scare because the dog comes out of nowhere and just starts barking and barking. And they knock on the they knock on the door, and the guy's like, uh, speaking Spanish, and he's like, so, can, like, can you take us here? And the guy's like, no, no good, like, not going there. And then he's like, how about 20 bucks? He's like, oh, vamanos, let's go. <laughs> like, that's all it took, 20 bucks, huh? I mean, twenty bucks is twenty bucks, you know. I mean, um, I, mean I, I mean, I don't know the currency in like Mexico, but maybe that's that's like a hundred bucks or something. I don't know, but I he no idea. he was like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" <laughs> so they they get dropped off literally in the middle of the fucking I almost said desert. That's the complete opposite. In the middle of the jungle, they notice that there's a jeep there, and they're all like, "Hey, is that your brother's?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's my brother's jeep. Something's not right. Like, what the fuck's going on?" Because um, uh, Matthias's brother and his wife are out in the ruins doing some excavating doing some research so on their way to the ruins uh randomly they spot two children and i thought that was odd because i was like what are these two children just doing hanging out in the jungle they're and they're like dressed all in white they don't look homeless they look they look like welcome to the jungle starts playing (laughs) welcome to the jungle um and then they finally come across the ruins and and immediately a man on horseback just like fucking bolts up to them jumps off the horse and it's just like yelling at them in a different language. Uh, everyone's confused and they're like, okay, like just show him a photo of your brother. Maybe he'll know who that is. So he shows him a photo. That doesn't seem to work. And this is when Amy steps on some of the plants because this entire temple is like overgrown and these like, it looks like weed leaves to me. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, that looks like pot leaves. Not that I know anything about that. Um, I mean, I watch movies. <laughs> I've seen Pineapple Express. I've seen, yeah, I've seen it, I've seen it in the movies now. Uh, I've seen a movie or two. Uh, one or two. So I thought that was funny. I'm like, man, uh, that looks like pot. And uh, everyone that's there, because, you know, a couple of the other men show up as well. And she steps on the plants and they all fucking lose their goddamn minds. They start yelling and she's confused. So they're like, okay, because she was taking pictures with her camera. So Dimitri, who's one of uh, Matthias's friends, comes with them. He walks onto the onto the plants as well and grabs the camera and goes back towards the men. But uh, he's greeted with a fucking arrow in the chest and then a gunshot straight after that. So that was my favorite kill because I was like, God damn, that came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. It was so jarring. And then he, of course, he's dead. And then the remaining group members. So you've got Eric, Stacy, Jeff, um, Eric, Amy, Jeff, Stacy and Matthias. They are kind of scared up the temple because they're like waving guns and bow and arrows and shit. So they get to the top of the ruins. They spot tents and camping gear, most likely belonging to Matthias's brother. At least that's what I thought. And uh, <clears throat> they had one phone with a signal because it was Matthias's, but the man down there has it because he gave him his phone. Yeah. So now they have no, and I like how they kind of take that horror trope and subvert it because it's not that, I mean, 
the other phones don't have service either, but they did have one phone. It's not they didn't. Yeah. It's not, not everyone was like, oh, I don't have signal. One had signal. He just doesn't. He just happens to have doesn't have it. Does not have it. So, fucked. Uh, Matthias does come across his brother though, who's wrapped in all these plants, and he is dead as a doornail. And of course, that upsets him, as it would upset anybody who had a brother. Um, and then shortly after that, you can see that Matthias has a reaction on his hands to what we assume is touching the plants. They're all red, and they look like it looks like um, what's that plant? Um, poison ivy. Yeah, kind of, kind of vibes like that. So since they can't leave, they they decide to come up with some sort of plan because they're obviously they obviously know that they're stuck there for unknown reasons at this point in the story. In the middle of talking, they hear a phone ringing that is coming from this giant hole. I don't know what that, like, what, I can only refer to it as a hole. Because, I mean, like, what else is it? There's, like, a rope that goes down. It's just a hole at the top of the ruins. Maybe it's a hole that goes down in the ruins. Yeah. I don't know if there's an actual name for that, but it's a, <laughs> I'm it's calling a hole. I'm it, calling it a hole. It's a hole. Um, so they hear a phone ringing um, down in the hole, and there's a rope and pulley, so they're like, Let's do this. Let's lower Matthias down in the hole to retrieve the phone. And as soon as they do that, the rope begins to like un- uncord itself and snap. And you're like, oh, shit, get him back up. Get him back up. So they start to pull him back up. And this is a really good horror moment, too. It was almost my horror moment because the rope snaps and then he just falls into the pitch black. It was such a good shot. Um, and then, of course, you hear him thud to the ground and you're like, that's the end for him. At least I thought that. I don't know. Right. If he, yeah. Well, I mean, at first when I wa- when I first watched it. Yeah, yeah. When you first watch, you're like, oh boy, there there goes Matthias. That's because that's usually how that goes. You're like, wow, you were here for five seconds before you you, you got you. You know, were the good guy, and of course, that's why you died. <laughs> you ate shit. Um, but no, they can still hear him talking. He's still alive. So in hopes of retrieving him, they they rope up Stacy, who was the lightest one of the group, and lower her into the hole. Um, and while I noticed this too, I don't think I noticed this before. But when you see her being lowered down, there's a plant on the left side when she's spinning around with the uh, little lamp that she has that kind of reaches out towards her. And then it go- and then it, you know, when she goes back around, it's dark. So you can see like a plant slowly reaching out towards her. So you there's can- a lot of those little blink you'll miss it moments in this movie. Yeah. Like and that. I don't think I like I said, I've seen this movie like a handful of times and I don't think I ever noticed that. I mean, honestly, this is probably my third time seeing it. The first two times were in the theater in yeah. 2008. So yeah. it's been a long fucking time since I've seen it's this It's been movie. a minute. So. But, there are, but, but uh, actually, my, my horror moment is a blink and miss it moment. Okay. So, so yeah, there's a lot of blink and you'll miss it little, little like eerie, creepy moments like that in this movie for sure. And it's sometimes, you know. Adds to the suspense. Yeah. And, and honestly, like it warrants multiple watches for a reason. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree. Totally agree. Um, so she gets down towards the bottom, but can't get all the way down. So she decides to jump, and I'm like, dumb. How are you going to get back up? <laughs> also, how are you going to get Matthias back up? Uh, so he's alive, but he can't move his legs. He says he can't, you know, he can't move them. So obviously we, we assume he's, his back is broken, because if you can't move your legs, odds are you broke your back. Unless, unless he broke his legs. Or Yeah, or, or that. But he says he can't feel them either. Um, so they decide up there, the group up up top, because they're like, all right, we're going to make this little like stretcher gurney thing out of some supplies that they have up there, like the tent. They, they did like, pretty well with it, Yeah, too. they did pretty good. So they make that, and they're able to get the little gurney about three feet off the floor. Not all the way down, but they are able to get it down there. Uh, do, 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 do. Oh, yeah. So Amy's like, you know, hey, we, we can't like move someone who has a broken back. And uh, she goes tr- tr- to try and get help from the locals, which does not go well. Amy gets annoyed that they won't help them and then throws some plants towards the group. And one of the, like, the plants hit the kid and they're all like, oh, shit. And they all back away from the kid. The men are like, time for you to go up the ruins. 
and he doesn't, and they just fucking shoot him. And I'm like, damn, bro. <laughs> like, holy shit. That's a very it powerful is, plant. It is cutthroat. So at this point, you're like, okay, something is going on with the plants. They're moving. If you touch them, apparently you get infected or something. So um, down in the hole, Stacy hears the phone ring but cannot see it and does not want to explore. Cannot blame her for that one. Fuck that shit. Um, while all this is happening, the group lowers Amy down into the hole in the little makeshift gurney that they have. And Amy and Stacy are then forced to lift Matthias up onto this gurney. That does not go well either because they essentially bend him in half and he's like screaming in agony. And I'm like, oh my God. And they, they finally get him on there and they get everybody back up. But I was like, oh my God, could you imagine breaking your back and then breaking it again when someone, <laughs> someone tries to move you? It's like, fuck. So the next morning, uh, Stacy wakes up and the plants are like wrapped around her leg and actually going into a cut she got when she jumped down into the little hole. So that's fucking creepy. So the plants are like alive. And they're moving, and they're trying to get inside of me. I don't know why, but it's gross. Um, Matthias calls for help because he was covered up last night by Jeff because uh, they didn't want to move him anymore because they moved him once, and that did not go well. So he moves back the covers, and the plants have, like, completely, uh, like, eaten. It looks like they've been eaten. Like entangled his legs. Started, yeah, because started, there's like, skin yeah. missing. You can see bone. It's fucking brutal. It's a great, another great horror moment. So, yeah, it's like the, at this point, you're just like, all right, plants are alive and uh, they're, they're eating people. It's carnivorous plants, man. What the, who would have thought? Right. So uh, suddenly they hear the phone ring again from the hole. Amy and Stacy are sent down with torches to search. They actually come up. They have to like go into this. It's like a little cave down there almost. It's like completely surrounded in these plants. My first thought, though, why did they not set that shit on fire? They had two torches. They could have just been boop. I mean. That's one of my biggest issues with this movie. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you could have just, I mean, you could have just taken those those plants and thrown them at all the locals so they killed themselves too, and the movie would have been over. I there's guess, a couple of things you could have done in that movie to make it a lot shorter. Yeah, I think there. Yeah, there's. I think that's why it has a 2.8, just because there's some things where you're like, why didn't you just do that? So they end up coming across a body that's kind of just laying there in the plants. And uh, it's actually the girl from the beginning of the movie that we saw. She's clutching her phone, but that shit is broken as fuck. And this is where it gets really weird because they still hear a phone ringing and Amy is like trying to search around for it. And she goes up to this wall full of the vines and there's like these little red flowers on them. And the flowers are emulating the noise of the cell phone, which I, I know a lot of people didn't like. I thought it was kind of cool. I thought it was fucking great. So I was like, oh, not only can the plants move and eat things, they can also emulate noises to attract you to like get in their web of shit. So that's where I'm going to cut it for like major spoilers. So now that we can go into like ending spoilers, let's talk about it because the girls freak out as I would. And they, uh, the plants actually latch lash out at Amy and try to like get her to like come into their web of vines. And, um, she's able to escape. They run for the gurney. They both hop on somehow the rope is strong enough to pull them back, both back up. I'm not going to question it. Whatever. No big deal. It didn't work in Titanic. <laughs> um, Eric says, hey, you know, if we can make a distraction, all of you guys distract. I'll run to the Jeep. Maybe we can get the fuck out of here. Jeff's like, no, that's too risky. Four Americans just don't go missing. Someone will come for us. I'm like, homie, they might come for you, but it might be a while. I don't know if you're going to be able to make it that long. Right. So Eric's like, I want to go. Jeff's one is like, we should stay. And they end up staying for now. So Jeff checks in on Matthias, who's not doing so hot. And comes to the conclusion that they need to cut his legs off so he won't succumb to the infection. And since he can't feel down there, 
really won't matter. And everyone's like, no, 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 we shouldn't do that. So they put it to a vote and it's tied two to two until Matthias chimes in. He's like, just cut him off. Just do it. Let's get it over with. So Jeff gives him some liquor. Good start. Like, I don't want to, even though, even though I probably can't feel this, I definitely want to be drunk for this and uh, gives him a belt to bite on just in case, you know, cause it's, it's more of like a, uh, I don't, even if he does feel it, the visual is going to fuck you up. Seeing that yeah. happen to you. Fuck. So Jeff breaks the bones, cuts the legs off and carterizes the wounds. Enter my horror moment. Cause that shit was fucking horrifying. That is my horror moment. Is that yours? That, no, that okay. was, oh. that was going to be, but it's not. Ooh. Okay. I like this. Um, like, like before, before I saw, like before I saw the scene that, I, that I'm going to mention, it was so okay. like, I guess it would be my runner uh, up runner up. <laughs> yes. You're almost, you're almost horror moment. Correct. Uh, and then the, uh, the group watches as the plants takes the legs that were just cut off and like drags them down the side of the temple. So that was fun to watch. That, I was like, and they're just, they're just sitting there like, Oh, okay. Goodbye. <laughs> okay, yeah, see ya. Uh, that night, Eric consoles a, a very distraught Amy and Stacy comes out accusing them of fucking. And they're like, dude, we were, what? We were just, what? I was, she was crying. She we were, like, we she were like, talking. Yeah. She's like, I heard you moaning. She was like, I was upset and crying. What? What are you talking about? And while the entire group argues over this, <laughs> the plants start heading toward, towards Matthias and he has no legs, so he can't move. And the plants just like come around his face and go down his mouth and into his throat. And uh, Jeff tries to save him, but it's a little too late. Yeah. He's, he's dead. And then they, uh, the plants just come and grab him and take him away, too. It's like, like, I'm just like, going to take this. Okay, <laughs> just going to scooch in right here and take that. Um, so Stacy's going through it at this point. She tries to cut her side open be like, because she's like, the plants are inside me. I know they are. And she tries to cut herself, but they stop her from doing that. And then it's at this moment, all the plants like come alive and they start imitating everything that Stacy was just saying. So that was a really good moment as well. And then the next morning, Stacy shows the group like, hey, there's something on my back. And that's like the only little bit of CG that they used was like the plants that were inside well, of her. Well, that would make sense. Well, yeah. that that and the plants taking the legs. Yeah. So there was, but even that CG, it still looks good. It like, looked it, pretty good. It holds up. Um, so Jeff decides, all right, we got to cut these things out. He cuts one out of her back, cuts one out of her leg, but Stacy's still complaining. She's like, oh my God, I can still feel them. They're like inside my head. So it's like, it's like over time, these plants just like take over your mind and start telling you to do all this shit. It's very, it's very psychological, I think. So Eric's like, all right, we're going to make a run for it tonight. We're going to make, we're going to set the plan in motion. Um, Stacy somehow finds a knife and see in his starts cutting herself up and like she goes to town with cutting herself up yep. and she turns around she's like i almost got it i almost got it and starts cutting and cutting i'm like Ugh. i'm like oh god stop and uh when she tries to when jeff tries to take the knife she lashes out and cuts him in the face eric tries to take the knife as well but she lashes out and stabs him in the chest killing him rip yeah r.i.p eric and she's like oh my god i didn't mean to i was like well you didn't mean to but you did it but you did but you did yeah he doesn't make it gets pulled away by the plants plants are just like okay bye taking this those plants be hungry, man. Yeah, they will. <laughs> um, Stacy is then at this point just screaming for them to kill her, and then uh, Jeff does. So now it's just Amy and Jeff, and that's it. Jeff makes a plan to go, or sorry, Jeff makes a plan with Amy to make a run for it. He covers her with blood, Amy's blood, or sorry, Stacy's blood, brings her down to the ruins, sets her down, and then starts walking away from her body. And he's like, you don't, he's like going into this whole thing about, you don't even know our names and this and that. I'm like, homie, they don't even speak English. Like, you're just kind of, all these stuff you're saying doesn't make sense. So he walks down. The locals with the weapons are following him. And as soon as he says Amy, she gets up and makes a run for it. Jeff is then shot by the locals and dragged off by the plants. I think he gets like a couple arrows to the chest. It's always three. It's always three. Just like Boromir and Lord of the Rings. It's always three. Always. Um... 
So Amy starts booking it through the forest while, she, while she's being shot at, makes it to the Jeep, starts right up. I think it starts up on the second turn, so it's not that trope of like, oh my God, it won't start. It starts right up. She hauls ass, and you can see when she's driving away in her face, the plants starting to take over her face, and you're like, she's not even safe. By the way, that's uh, not the original theatrical ending. That oh. Was, that, was, that was... The unrated? Me. Yeah, I don't know what the original was. I don't remember hmm. because I don't remember the my theatrical yeah, I don't remember that shit either. <laughs> but yeah, that that scene was, was the original, like their original uh, ending, and they put that in the I'm unrated. pretty sure everyone died in the original and theatrical. I'm pretty sure. I could, I, I mean, yeah, I could be wrong. I just, I just know that ending is actually just to the unrated Blu-ray. Oh, uh-huh, okay. I don't, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. They didn't actually tell me on IMDb what the original one was, the regular one was, and I can't find the theatrical. I would love, like, if they gave me both options in this. Yeah. Because some, some movies do, but they didn't. They just gave me the unrated, which I'm not complaining. I'm just like, I would it would like be to know, It would be nice. Just so I know how it originally ended. and Because sometimes, you know, the original ending might be better than the alternate. Uh, Yeah, the original ending to 1408 is definitely the best one, I think. I, th- wait, I on. prefer the unrated. It's darker and more gloomy. Yeah, so the unrated is the different one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, some yeah, sometimes in some cases it can be better. This one, I liked it because it gives you this bleak sense of even though she escaped, she's going to die. Did she really though? Yeah, did yeah. she really? She's either going to die or she's going to spread it. But the last shot that we get is of Dimitri's friends who were passed out on the beach earlier when he left them a note saying, "Hey, this is where I'm going." And they're coming to look for Dimitri and then the credits roll and you're like, "That's a great ending right there." Uh, what was your horror moment? Or your yeah, your horror moment. What was it? You said it was a spoiler. It was. Um um <laughs> well, I mean, you already said it, so it's fine now. But it, oh. would, it would have been a spoiler because it, it's it's during a death. What is it? So I, I wrote it down in detail. Set the scene. Medium shot. <laughs> <laughs> so medium shot where Eric is being dragged away. You see the vines move through Stacy's open leg wound. It's a brief. So it's a brief blink your eye and you miss it. But uh, so after she's after she stabs him. Yeah. And he's going away. You see a medium shot of them all, and you see the little vines or whatever in her open wound, like do a little like snake through, and it just gave me the heebie-jeebies. It was just one of those like huh. blinking you miss it. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, I didn't see that. I mean, all the other stuff is pretty horrifying, but that thing was like, whoa. Well, because that's right after. That's when she starts uh, yelling for her to just like, yeah. kill me. Yeah, kill- there's so many yeah. things happening in that one scene, and I just happened to see that. I'm like, oh my god. I like it. And then my. Favorite line. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We forgot to go. Yeah, go, say it. All right. So when Stacy is cutting herself and then she cuts Jeff's hand, she says, sorry, and continues to cut herself. She just cuts his hand and then, and you know, just, just randomly just says, sorry, and then starts cutting herself more. I'm like, <laughs> what? Lady, what? <laughs> like, cuts his hand. He's like, out. And she's like, sorry, and then keeps going to her, <laughs> cutting her filet. I'm like, that's fucking all. That's hilarious. Just, just how nonchalantly she's like, sorry for cutting you, but I have to go back to I, my I, business. I, I'm, I'm busy. Excuse me. So, yeah, so like those, basically those two things happen in the same scene, oh, but not, they yeah. were spoiler related. Yeah, spoiler to the, yeah. Uh, funny enough, we don't have the same line, which I thought we were. But, okay, yeah. So my favorite line is when, after Mateus dies and gets pulled away, Fucking Eric is like, well, thank God we cut his legs off, and I was just like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> I mean, that is pretty funny. But my favorite death was a, uh, uh, yeah, Jeff at the end with the with the arrows, and, yeah. and it's, it's mainly just goes goes hand in hand with him being my favorite character because he's not normally this chivalrous. Chivalrous, yeah, that fucking word. <laughs> like he's not normally that like like that. He's usually like just I got this. I'm the cock of the walk asshole, and this was different from any character he's ever played, in my opinion. And that's why I I just like 
everything about him in this movie as a whole, like his okay. death, his arc, and everything. As a hole, got it. Yes, a hole. A hole. <laughs> so that is the ruins from 2008. Let's talk about uh, some uh, some post review stuff here. Taglines, I like it. Terror has evolved. Very fun trivia. Though the film takes place in Mexico during the summer, it was shot primarily in Australia during the winter. Heavy coats were provided for the actors in between takes, and water and olive oil had to be sprayed on their, onto their bodies to stimulate sweat. Interesting. In the novel, there are no quote-unquote ruins to speak of, just a hill overgrown with the vines and the shaft cut into it. Oh, shaft. Sha- that, okay. There we yeah, go. That makes sense. Not a hole. Not yeah, a hole. It's a shaft. Director Carter Smith suggested changing it to an ancient Mayan temple, an idea with which writer Scott B. Smith agreed. And I liked that the fact I liked that Scott wrote the novel and did the screenplay. Like I think that's why the movie translates so good um, from the novel. I mean, I mean, I mean, uh, like I, I feel like I, as long as you like, you know, a lot of lot of people that write books can't write a screenplay. Look at you, J.K. Rowling. I'm sorry, <laughs> you your 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 movies that you wrote, The Fantastic Beast, they're really horrible. Anyway, oh yeah, she did. Write she those, she wrote yeah. the, she and they're just, they're not that they're, great. Yeah, well but, in this uh, in this case, I think it worked because uh, well, in this yeah. case or like non horror movie, but Gone Girl, the uh, the the female, I forgot her name, but the uh, Flynn something Flynn, but the lady that that wrote the book Gone Girl also wrote the movie. Oh so, really? Yeah, so, J- Jillian Flynn, I believe. Uh, yeah, Gillian Flynn. Yeah. So so to me, you know, that's just like if Stephen King wrote his own movie, which he did, but that didn't go so well, but that's because of drugs. <laughs> was anyway. it was it the Langoliers? Was it that one? No, he wrote uh Maximum Overdrive. Uh oh yeah, he did. And and I think he also directed that one. He might have. But anyway, he was under the influence of a lot of drugs and drugs. that movie shows it. But anyway, like so so if you're writing the book and then you know how to write a screenplay and you write the screenplay and you want to make changes to your own book, sure, that's fine. But you also will know where those changes need to go and everything oh, yeah. because you already know the beats you need to hit to make it hit the way the book did. Yeah. So I, so for the most part, if it, if the person who wrote the book also wrote the movie, I feel like is like a match made in heaven. Yeah. Because also, uh, I forgot his name too, but the uh, person who did uh, the book. Pr- Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies, I believe, also wrote the movie, which it's not a great movie. It's a silly movie, but like, so is the book. Yeah, like they're not they're not masterpieces, but like they're both pretty much as genuine and like they complement each other. Yeah. So I, I so in most cases, I think that's kind of cool as long as you know what you're doing from book from, to yeah, script. I was gonna say because yeah, because writing a book is completely different than writing a script. So yes. as long as you know what you're doing, which in this case. It does seem it does seem does like, seem yeah. like he does because I you know I really enjoy and of this. course you know like uh you know like when you're writing a book you have this set story in mind but then when you write a movie and you think how what would translate better you know you might be like okay you know what let's let's do this this sounds this sounds okay to me it, it works out for me I mean it happens all the time yeah so I really like that uh, he was involved and I like that it went well uh, at least you know in our opinion yes uh, the Mayan temple was made up of three separate sets the first was the facade overgrown with vines for the characters to walk up the second was the top of the temple where the majority of the film takes place the third set was used for the underground shaft and tunnel scenes shots that show the entire temple from a distance were a blend of the sets and CG produced by Ben Stiller's company with Stuart Cornfield or sorry Cornfeld Doing the actual day-to-day producing, this is the second time Kornfeld has produced a horror film while working for a comedic actor. He previously produced The Fly, on which Mel Brooks was an executive producer. Fun. The leaves of the vines each have six points on them. Six points is off, or six is often associated with evil. Six, six, six. Uh, goofs at around fifty-five minutes. This is a spoiler. Uh, so sorry if you didn't want to hear spoilers. 
before I hear, you know what? I'll make it not so spoilery. Before amputating so and so's legs, someone states that he is at risk for septicemia, which is an infection usually of the bone. Septicemia is actually def- by definition the invasion of bacteria onto or into the bloodstream and has nothing to do with bones. So you're fucking sucking at medical school, so and so. Don't know your shit. Gosh, God. Rated 5.9 out of 10 on IMDb, 2.8 out of 5 on Letterboxd, 49% on the tomato meter, and a 30% audience score. I gave this a 3.5 out of 5. Me too. I'm not shocked. Not shocked at all. Similar movies according to Letterboxd. We have Hostel, Cabin Fever, funny enough because we just reviewed that last week, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, House of Wax, the remake, and The Strangers. Cabin Fever and this would be an interesting double features because they both have to do with... Infection. And Yeah. Yeah. Uh, similar movies according to IMDb, The Crazies, Frozen, Splinter, Vacancy, and Wolf Creek. Did... Uh, the what? Crazies and Splinter. I... Wolf Creek because it's Australian. That's that's Frozen, yeah. I think, because uh, same actor. Oh, that's right. Ash yeah. was in it. That's right. That's right. We did that one last year. Yep. Yeah. Did you find any funny or funny or bad reviews? Uh, I think I found a couple funny ones. All right. I'll go ahead and start then. I've got four here. Uh, yeah, I only have two, so you That's can fine. yours. I pull all of mine from Letterboxd. First one from <laughs> Waika Tatiti. <laughs> Not Taika. <laughs> Waika Tatiti. Two and a half stars. Watch this just before my trip to Mexico. Note to self, avoid jungles and old buildings, but I hope I will have better taxis than this. The movie itself was mediocre. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Um, I'll do one more and then you can do one. Two stars from Spicy Roni. Mom and I are in complete unison in stating that that's one of the gnarliest legs being broken to pieces and being sawed off with the tiniest blade imaginable. That was not a knife to saw a leg off with, or two legs off. Yeah. All right, what you got? So I have uh, two and a half stars. Just a casual Saturday at the Home Depot Lawn and Garden Center. <laughs> nice. I've never been to Home Depot, <laughs> but I don't want to now. That's fucking great. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then uh, th- my next one, uh, three stars. Kind of want to smoke the plant and see what happens. <laughs> the plant from the movie? Or yeah, the- <laughs> which I thought was funny because you're like, yeah, I thought they were like paw plants. I'm like, oh, well, that, that goes hand in hand with my comments. Oh, that's so great. Yeah, smoke it and see what happens. You might fucking, you might trip shit. Who knows? That's fucking great. Uh, two stars here from Andy Vessel. The dire consequences of refusal to do it for the vine. <laughs> I saw that also, and I was going to do that, but I'm like, eh. I mean, I liked it, but uh, I mean, I was like, you know, there might be other ones. For those of you Gen Zers or, or youngsters out there that don't know what vine is, it's the thing that we had before TikTok. It's basically you, why it's, yeah, it's. It's why TikTok exists. You only had seven fucking seven, seven seconds to wow people. All right. Not fucking three minutes. Um, TikTok's got ten minutes now. Oh, my God. Too much. I don't ever want to see a part two again. Never want to see a part two if you have ten minutes. Um, And last but not least here, from Harrison, one and a half stars. I felt nothing watching this. (laughs) Jesus. Damn, heartless. What makes you feel then, sir? Good grief, or ma'am, or whoever you are. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean... I mean, I mean, are you like, are you a serial killer? <laughs> Does that at that point, tend- I fail. <laughs> I feel like that, that, the, the, the yeah, the, yeah. FBI, the FBI is reading that one. Yeah. <laughs> FBI has entered the chat. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and Slasher app at Frightmares Podcast. Uh, our email is spooky at Outlook.com. You can also follow me personally on Letterboxd at Dr. Proctor. You are Slasherman. 
Slaffer, man. That's right. Next week, me and my buddy Michael Virus will be doing a 70s movie, kind of like vacation style thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. So until then, stay tuned and stay spooky. Thank you.